like that music? I do like it. <laughs> okay. I'm and in good. Now. I know. Are you in a good mood? Hey, this is I our am. pregame show. This is uh, the Village Elliot, and I'm John Suchan, and we are part of the Fanatical Elves Network. Welcome, everybody. And we've got a big game coming up in a few hours against the Seattle Seahawks out there in the Emerald City. Now, my daughter, Mariah, and her boyfriend, Matt, live out there. They've lived out there for about four or five years now. And so I love getting out to Seattle, love the area. Um, but the Browns right now, they have a, a, a big challenge ahead of them. And we'll be focusing on that on this game today. And, uh, yeah, got lots to talk about. Elliot, what are your initial thoughts going into this battle? Well, it's a team that we don't know very well. It's very different when we play a division rival where we know the opposing team as we as well as we know our own team, the Seattle Seahawks are like a team from the planet Mars. We never heard of some of these players. We don't know their tendencies, but on the other hand, it's a team that very much mirrors our own. They have a quarterback Mm -hmm. that's mobile that Mm -hmm. throws uh, on the run and uh, maybe doesn't get as much respect as he should. Uh, His great climb is that uh, Geno Smith is the guy we're talking about, by the yes. way, from West Virginia University, where I used to work for 10 years, saw Geno uh-huh. play. Okay. And, uh, he's really a very good quarterback. His crime that he's never been forgiven for is that he couldn't win a Super Bowl for the New York Jets, couldn't turn that mm. terrible franchise around. No the, one can. <laughs> the East Coast media, well, I think it could be done, might be done soon, but the East Coast nah. media has never forgiven him for that. And so they're keep on they keep on waiting for him to falter in the West Coast. I don't believe that he will. I think that he is a very good, bona fide, good quarterback. Yeah. Not the MVP of the league, but he's a very good quarterback. Very, very dangerous. And uh, he has good wide receivers to throw to. I guess he's got uh, Jake Bobo, Tyler Lockett. Uh-huh. And I guess uh-huh. that uh, DK uh, Metcalf is back on the mend. He was... Thought yes. to be out earlier in the week, but he started to practice, and I think he's going to be a big pain for the Browns. Uh, it looks like they're fully healthy in the uh-huh. wide receiver department. That's going to be trouble. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but you know, we have a, we have this defense, and uh, we've done a lot of good things this season with that. They they last week, of course, um, it was not the defensive. Um, Thoughts. I mean, going into that game, we didn't think that the Browns were going to give up 38 points or whatnot, uh, but they did a, a lot. They, they were, I guess, Ellie, that's the one thing that maybe we can get into right now is that one of the ways that the defense hopefully can help the Browns tonight is, you know, winning that turnover battle. I think they, they won it last week. Uh, they had four turnovers to uh, the Colts, two. What do you think about that? Do you think that's an important part to this win today if the Browns are going to pull off the win? Well, we've got a defensive lineman that can jump over offensive linemen. And, of course, I'm in talking about – In a single bound. In a single bound. We've got – of course, I'm talking about Miles Garrett, Superman. And uh, we've also got uh, normal human beings who are very, very good. Zadarius <laughs> Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby yes. Harris. And, uh, you know, Jordan Elliott also having a very good year for the Cleveland Browns. It's been a really good team up front. That is – you know, bar none, the Browns are right up there with the best in the league. And I think that they're going to be chasing Geno Smith, who will have to run for his life in order to make completions to those very good wide receivers. So I mm-hmm. think it's a very, very interesting um, scenario. We've seen it repeated many times this season where there have been good receiving targets, 
but the quarterback can't always unload because the Browns are on him in an instant, and it's going to be yeah. that way. And I think that that's where the weakness is for the Seattle Seahawks tonight is that they don't have the strongest of offensive line. I, according to Steve Gill, our colleague uh, with the Dog Pound South podcast, he said that Jason Peters is being activated today for the Seahawks and uh, Elderman, a journeyman uh, for the Seahawks. He, I guess the last time played against Miles Garrett, Garrett had four and a half sacks against him. So that bodes well for the Brownies if that. Oh, if OK, well, if he can limit, limit him to four and a half, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, at the moment, Garrett has seven and a half sacks in the season. He's got three forced fumbles for his career. He has 16 of them. And, you know, the, the guy is just a human wrecking ball. Uh, it was and beyond that, it was kind of cool to hear him this past week. Miles Garrett talk about, you know, his longevity, wanting to stay in Cleveland, uh, being a new minority owner of, of owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that sort of uh, gives me some hope and promise that, you know, this guy is dedicated to Cleveland and coming off of that in this, in this week's news, I expect that we're going to see a real, uh, you know, real, a guy that's going to be out there to try to dominate again, like, like he did last week. Yeah. Can I say just one thing about Jason Peters? Yes. He's 41 years old. Well, that's true. That's, Are you going to really true. try to stop? Miles Garrett with a 41-year-old. Is that your plan? Is that what they're really – did I hear that right? You are correct. You're, you're going to have a 41-year-old. I mean, Jason Peters is a very, very good offensive tackle. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at 41 years old, that's their plan? Right. right. <laughs> Whoa. Right. So, okay, so let's talk – let's let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. our, our quarterback, P.J. Walker. Um He's not 41 years old. No, he's not. And he's got a lot of bad things about PJ Walker, but he is not 41 years old. That much I know. Now I've been talking to you. We, we met up yesterday for lunch. Had a great time. Thanks uh, Elliot for doing that. That was fantastic. Elliot and I had had not had an opportunity to to, uh, meet and talk about our fanatical elves. So we joined, uh, got together yesterday and uh, had a nice bite to eat, talked about our fanatical elves, but part of that, um, we were talking about PJ Walker and the, you know, PJ Walker is two and oh, and I've talked earlier tonight or yesterday on my Johnny Cleveland podcast. I was kind of a little bit harsh to those that are critics of that. We don't have a running game. We don't have a passing game. And I'm just saying, look, we're four and two, we're two and oh with uh, PJ Walker. And until he loses and maybe we get blown out today, I, you know, hope not. But if we do, then you can be as critical of the offense as you want, but he is 2-0. Uh, what do you think he needs to do today to help the Browns get the win? Well, I think when you've got a premier defense, and I believe that the Browns do, even though they had a very unusual game last week where you know they gave up yardage, but they came up with some very, very big plays, big turnovers, and an amazing blocked uh, yeah. field goal kicks on, on uh, special teams. You have a chance to win. This is called winning ugly. There have been NFL teams that have done this and done it successfully, made the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you don't need to have 300-yard games from the quarterback every time out in order to win football games. Let's just try it and see how it goes. If the quarterback has a bad game, even if the quarterback loses the game, throws an interception and loses, mm-hmm. that's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, there are things that you can do. You can panic and sign you know, 41-year-olds off the street if you want. 
but that isn't going to make the team better necessarily. So I don't, I don't okay. think that you need to be fixated on, on uh, making panic moves and trying to energize the offense with very far-fetched schemes and, you know, throwing bombs all over the ball yard. That is not the only way to win football games. No, Just it's a hard place to play. It, yeah, there. it's not the preferred way. You'd rather have the franchise quarterback and mm-hmm. throw you know, deep passes and score 40 points a game, put it up 40 times and, and have uh, 20 of those passes be long balls. But if you can't do that, you can still win mm-hmm. if you have a good defense and you're willing to hold on to the ball on offense and let the defense win the game for you. You can mm-hmm. win that way a lot of times. Elliot, the uh, let's uh, let's pause for a quick break. We'll we'll continue our conversation about the the Browns and the Seattle Seahawks game time coming up four o'clock Eastern. Uh, this is the Fanatical Elves Network. This is our pregame show. Our all our um, any given Sunday Browns kickoff show. Uh, we call this too. Um, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back from those uh, tantalizing uh, commercials there. Uh, thanks for following us Let's on the... see that reflected in my paycheck soon, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for following the Fanatical Elves Network. Thanks for downloading us on Apple, on Spotify, following us on YouTube. If you have a question or a comment, we're, we're coming to you live uh, on YouTube and on the X. Uh, please, uh, you know, give us your questions if you have something that you want to ask us about the game coming up. Um, you know, historically speaking, I just, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we had lunch. Um, the Browns have not uh, been out to Seattle since 2015. They have a, uh, overall, they started playing these, these two teams bat- started battling each other back in 1977 or 78. They, the Seattle Seahawks hold an eight to three lead in the series. The last time the Browns won in Seattle was 1989. It was Christmas time um they won that game i think it was 21 to 7 um bernie coaster i'm understanding quarterback that game the last time the browns went out to seattle and lost 30 to 13 um any any thought on who was the quarterback in 2015 for the browns um, 2015 man um um let's see would that have been uh Somebody you probably have heard of. Oh, I'm sure I've heard. I've heard of them all, but I'm just trying to think what was 2015. Was that uh, Colt McCoy? No, it was Johnny. Johnny Football. Johnny Johnny Manziel. And actually that game was not – the final score was 30-13, to but the Browns actually jumped on top in that game, 7-0. Gary Barnage, who was the the classic tight end guy, caught a a seven-yard touchdown pass from Johnny. And actually, the Browns were only down at halftime. It was 20 to 10. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Seattle scored a little bit more to kind of put the game away. But 
Um, it's been a while. I know, uh, you know, Seattle's at one of those locations. You get a crowd. They have a raucous crowd there, and it can get very loud. And th- so those circumstances, the weather should be about 50 degrees, they said. So sh- I don't think that any weather condition issues. I'm th- I'm thinking that maybe our, our field goal kicker, Dustin Hopkins, um, might uh, be an important factor in this game if the Browns get within, you know, good oh, field yeah. position. I think that he could score, you know, nine or 12 points for us and, and be a factor. What do you think? Oh yeah. We're counting on field goals this season, man. We may not have that many touchdowns, but uh, if we win 12 to nine, I'm cool with that. Um, it doesn't matter how you win. I, I know a lot of fans will be disappointed if we don't win, you know, 30 to 27, but um, you know, if we have to, win low scoring games, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. but that, that would be the style of play to expect this season. Despite the fact that the Browns scored 39 points last week, mm-hmm. I don't really expect that to be continued uh, throughout the season. I really don't. Before we get to our, our final takes on the game, I, there are have been a lot of things going on in the rumor mill. The trading deadline is on Tuesday at four o'clock. And I know watching ESPN, uh, this morning on their countdown show, they were talking about various players, including a one Derek Henry, the running back for the Tennessee Titans. And the folks there at ESPN um, discussed several teams, two of them being in the uh, AFC North, but not the Browns. They talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens as being possible destinations. There's talk out of Tennessee that they're not interested in moving Derek Henry. How plausible do you see that? occurring well yeah i don't really know why tennessee would want to trade a future hall of fame running back uh for a fifth round draft pick we've heard that story mm. from the cleveland press um it doesn't make any sense to me that that they would value his services so cheaply they would give him away just because mm-hmm. they you know feel sorry for cleveland um i do think that it would make sense for teams like baltimore and pittsburgh to also be very interested Mm-hmm. and to make offers. Um, but, you know, some of the other articles from the press suggest that that Tennessee is not interested in moving him, but they'll listen to offers if they're overwhelmed with a deal that they, you know, they might be persuaded to part ways with him. I think that they would uh, be out of respect to his stardom. They mm-hmm. would ask for his permission before they would trade him. They wouldn't trade him to just mm-hmm. any team. And uh, I think that, they might well uh, offer a deal to Baltimore. Perhaps. What about like Baltimore? What about Buffalo? I, I, think City? Take, I think it would take a number two draft pick. I don't okay. think it would be a number five. I think that's ridiculous. That's a, yeah. If you're going to have a fantasy, I think you should buy Playboy magazine and not talk about fifth round draft picks for Hall of Fame running backs. That's. I mean, Come on. If you're going to have a fantasy, at least make something plausible. Yes. Well, um, some other teams out there, like the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, you know, they've um, the Browns have been linked to him for a couple seasons now, or at least a year where they've come to this trading deadline and Cleveland somehow has made phone calls. Do you think there's any possibility that either him or his counterpart, I think Colton's um, Sutton, um, trying to think the last and the other wide receiver for the 
the Broncos. Anyway, do you think Jerry Judy could be on the trading block and could he be coming to Cleveland? Well, they why do they want to trade him? Why do, why does Denver want to trade a wide Well, because they're in the tank and they want to get just get rid of everybody. I don't know. Why do they want to get rid of people? Do you improve the team by getting rid of first round talents? Right. That's the part that I don't understand. Um I mean, if you're going to, you know, you're going to trade around, trade first round picks and you're going to get fifth round picks in return. And this yeah. is going to improve the Denver Broncos who don't have any first round picks until uh, well, the and then this 400, by the way, because they traded the next two centuries worth for Russell Wilson. Well, and this gets us well, back Elliot, to our conversation yesterday when we were talking about all this conversation about the Brown's trying to trade for someone like Jacoby Brissett. And you brought up a good point about how, how often go back in history and look, how many times have we seen NFL quarterbacks traded during the season or mid like at the trading deadline that have successfully gone to another team and taken them to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl? I there's been really no oh. Way. oh, oh, nobody. Oh, it, it's never happened in the Oh, but for some Never reason, in NFL been... history. Oh, well, maybe then it's not quite as good of an idea, and maybe we shouldn't be throwing around these high draft picks uh, for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, I don't really see that the Browns have enough room that they can afford two franchise quarterbacks on the same roster, particularly when one of the franchise quarterbacks has to be paid sixty-four million dollars for the next three seasons, and it's guaranteed money. Yeah. This is another dream that some of the fans have that, well, we're just going to stop paying Deshaun Watson. And I guess maybe that's possible. If the Haslam's can hold, find a loophole, uh, hold Deshaun Watson in breach of contract for some reason mm-hmm. and avoid paying him, I think that would be a great move. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's possible. And that would be a legal, you know, very messy, uh, yes. you know, route to try to take, but, I think the Browns are stuck with Deshaun Watson, like it or not. And the yeah. plan plan A is, in fact, for Deshaun Watson to come back at some point mm-hmm. this season, whether it's next week or a month from now. It's not going to be yeah. that long. Mm-hmm. Got to have some patience. He will be back. He will be reinserted into the lineup. And you're not going to assign some uh, $20 million quarterback for a two to three week gig in Cleveland. That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's jump to uh final takes here. I'll start with just kind of what I'm thinking that could happen today. I think that the Browns are going to be in this game. I think because of their defense. And I think that they'll be hyped at the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking also that the Browns are going to be able to force at least let's say two turnovers in this game. It'll be important for the Browns. If they, if the Browns can, can protect the ball offensively, I think that they're going to be right in this game all the way to the end. Now the challenge will be that we don't win out in Seattle. We haven't played out there in eight years. And the last time we won was 1989. Now all those things are, are, you know, it's a mental game. The Browns are coming off a very good, you know, um, two games where they've come back Um I'm calling them the cardiac kids 2.0 and maybe that little uh, sort of momentum and being the cardiac kids. I see them pulling this game off. I see them winning the game 24, 23 and uh, getting another win. And PJ Walker will be uh, 
three and zero for the Browns. So I'm going to give the Browns the win, 24-23. Elliot, what are you thinking? How how's this game going to finish up? Calling all cars, calling all cars. Be on the lookout for Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, be on the lookout. Where are you, Donovan Peoples Jones? I think that the Seattle Seahawks are very well equipped to shut down Amari Cooper. They've got this mm. kid, Devon Witherspoon, who's one of the very top cornerbacks in the NFL already. So I think that uh, that's going to be a very difficult matchup for the Browns to overcome. Mm. And they need to have somebody else that can catch the darn football. Mm -hmm. uh, so it could be Donovan Peoples-Jones going up against a seventh-round draft pick, I believe, in uh, Tariq Wooten. And mm -hmm. he's got a shot, I think, to come out of his shell. He's, you know, emerged occasionally and looked like the old Donovan Peoples-Jones, but we really need somebody to come through. Mm -hmm. uh, David Njoku is another guy that might catch some, uh, you know, a few footballs. Maybe even uh, Elijah Moore. Now, Elijah Moore is going to have to go up against somebody like Jamal Adams, uh, mm -hmm. very highly skilled safety. But even that, I think, is a better matchup than uh, um, Amari against Devon Witherspoon. Witherspoon has just been really lights out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's going to be a tough matchup uh, for P.J. to hook up with. Uh, we also need to find a running back, find out who's healthy. Take anybody, anybody who's healthy. I think help. We need yeah. help. Yeah, they're just going to have to try to run a few people, see how they do, and mm -hmm. uh, cycle through all four running backs. And by the way, now the Browns actually do have four credible running backs on the roster. Where they didn't yeah, Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, Jordan Wilkins is uh, available. He's got a, a career Here's rushing another... average over yeah. four yards per game. Mm -hmm. Green Hunt is not. You know, he's not the old Kareem Hunt, but at least knows how to carry the football. Mm -hmm. And the Jerome Ford still a prospect. He's shown flashes. He's not being great. Pierre Strong also can carry the ball. He's uh, very young, inexperienced, mm -hmm. but I think it's about time that uh, let's take the training wheels off, give him some carries and see what happens. We have no choice. We need to get some sure. carries from people that are healthy. He's healthy giving the ball this game. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, Jordan Wilkins, too. Uh, surprisingly, he's a pretty tall, lanky guy, 6'1". Uh, get there, you know, it's nice to have a, on occasion to see these guys. Here. I, I, you know, uh, I think Pierre Strong's in that same category. Kind of a more lankier, taller kind of a back. Uh, he's more lightweight, very fast guy. He's yeah. a 4'3 guy. Yeah. And he has a, you know, he hasn't played a lot, but he's got a career average that's pretty high. It's like yeah. five yards yeah. plus, I think, per her, uh, well, I'm looking for. We're, we'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll have a post game show. I don't know if you you'll be able to join us on that. Um, but we're gonna rain or shine here. Um, we'll see how the Browns do this afternoon again. Again, the game is at four o'clock. I think four o five. It's on Fox, and uh, you know it'll. We'll see what happens. I think the Browns are gonna have every opportunity to come away with a win if they can uh, be smart with the ball, get their defense to uh, really create some some helter skelter there for uh, Geno Smith and <laughs> Elliot final, final take. Well, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. I said it last week. I was totally wrong, but I'm sticking to my guns. This is 
you know, a Seattle team that looks a lot like the Browns team. I think they're very evenly matched. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, to see how they kind of match up against one another. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in to our pregame show here on the fanatical elves network. Uh, thanks again for joining us and make sure you subscribe to Apple, Spotify. Hey, we put out a follow train out on the X today. So make sure to follow us, repost it and get your fellow Browns fans to follow us as well. Thanks village Elliot for joining us. Take care. Go Browns.